Hey, teacher friends, Noelle here, popping in before the episode to make sure you know about our new math membership, All Access. All Access is a membership for middle school math and Algebra 1 teachers that provides ready-to-go resources that are aligned to the standards, engaging, and rigorous, so that you're not constantly reinventing the wheel or scouring the internet to find the materials you need. We are excited about the community that we are building with like-minded educators and supporting the work that you are doing in the classroom. Now, you might be asking yourself, what makes All Access different? And I think the biggest difference is the new student video library that we will begin rolling out in September. You can find out more about All Access and watch several videos on how it works by visiting maneuveringthemiddle.com slash all dash access. Okay, let's get to the show. Good morning, teacher. I'm Noelle Pickering. On the Good Morning Teacher podcast, we bring practical solutions to busy teachers because you can love your job and leave your work at school. Join us each week to talk through tools and strategies that help you maximize your time and effort both in the classroom and at home. I'm excited to cheer you on as you face the week ahead. This episode is sponsored by Post-it Notes. Make every lesson more engaging by incorporating post-it notes. Students were always pumped when I used them in a lesson, and now science agrees. According to research from UCLA and Carnegie Mellon, students enjoy learning more with post-it notes. It's never too early to start thinking about what you and your students need for back to school. Post-it notes are useful for teachers, from jotting down a quick reminder to creating a to-do list, and they are useful for students. Math teachers, you will love using them as a tool for solving equations, the real number system, and order of operations. Check out maneuveringthemiddle.com slash post-it notes for three hands-on ways to use them in your math classroom. Good morning, teachers. You're listening to episode 12. Last week on episode 11, we talked about number sense, and I shared several strategies to help develop this important skill in your students. If you haven't checked it out, you can do so in your favorite podcasting app or by going to maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 11. Today, I am very excited to have Brittany Heggie from Mix and Math join us. Her math content knowledge and ability to communicate math concepts to both teachers and students is so impressive. You will hear that in the interview as she breaks down the importance of understanding fractions, how we can better help students to conceptualize fractions, and what to do when students come to us struggling with fractions. Plus, Brittany is a personal friend of mine and just full of so much joy. You can learn more from Brittany by checking out her website, mixandmath.com, where she equips upper elementary math teachers, grades four and five, with knowledge, resources, and confidence to inspire their students. I am so excited to have Brittany Heggie here from Mix and Math. Um, Thanks for joining us on the show, Brittany. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be a part of this new podcast. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's been so fun to connect with listeners and just share tips for 
teachers in general, and I'm excited today because we're going to get to talk about math, which we both love. Um, and yes. I know we initially connected on Instagram um, maybe a few years ago now, and I have always been so impressed with your knowledge of just how to teach math and communicate that with students. Could you just share a little bit about your background and how you became interested in serving upper elementary math teachers? Yeah, sure. So I think one of the reasons we connect so well is because I feel like exactly what I love doing for elementary teachers is what you love doing for middle school teachers. But I um, I taught upper elementary. I actually did some coaching and some interventionist work with middle school students because our school was fifth through eighth grade. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And yeah, so I just found such a passion for working with teachers because I realized like the more we build capacity and confidence in teachers, I mean, that impacts students greatly. And so I work with fourth and fifth grade math teachers and I provide them with professional development and resources so that they can one, be confident teachers, but then also just instill this love of math in their students. And I really focus on conceptual understanding and those hands-on learning experiences kind of weaved throughout everything that I do. Yeah, no, I think those are so important, especially for, you know, at that upper elementary level. And I think that's one thing that, you know, we'll hopefully get to talk about today is just kind of how to bridge that into middle school. Um, and so when I invited you on the show, I really thought about the specific concepts that maybe we could talk about. Um, and I really eventually landed on fractions because I think students and teachers alike um, can sometimes feel like a little bit of trepidation about teaching fractions or like, you know, you see a student that sees a fraction and all of a sudden, you know, their eyes glaze over. And so as an elementary school math teacher, where do you think this um, fear or this uncertainty comes from? And why do you think that happens? Yeah, so what's so funny is I was just talking to a teacher in our community about this. And I feel like fractions are the, we talk about multiplication facts a lot, but I feel like fractions are also like the point of where it's like a student decides whether they love math or hate math yeah. because a lot of it's very, very procedural in elementary. It shouldn't be, but it typically is taught that way. Sure. And so for when students aren't successful with it and there's all these rules and steps and procedures that, I mean, that instills a lack of confidence. And with that lack of confidence comes hesitancy and fear. And we as teachers carry our math experiences with us into the classroom as teachers. Very and true. so just like students fear fractions, a good majority of teachers do as well. Yes, yes. Or I can think about when I've taught a concept and it hasn't gone well, then the next time I go to teach that concept, I'm like, oh gosh, you know, here we go again. And so you kind of carry that, you know, just like you said, that confidence or lack thereof into that, um, into that content area. So yeah, um, what are some ways that you've seen teachers help students overcome this, you know, fear of fractions, if you will? Yeah, so I think I think first it starts with us ourselves as teachers. Like when we are, I think confidence comes from understanding. Yes. So when we take the time to like truly understand fractions ourselves, then that grows our confidence, and then we can really dive into building students' confidence with fractions. And again, it's kind of the same process. It's the more we focus on building students' understanding of fractions then they that increases their confidence with this concept. And so I would say one of the big things that we talk about and work with teachers on in upper elementary is making it hands-on, mm -hmm. making it concrete so that students can actually see what this number, it's like they're so used to working with whole numbers. And so 
then you have like these two numbers together over a fraction bar. And it's just overwhelming to kids. Yes. And it's like, what does this actually mean? What does it look like in real life? And how can we operate with that like in a concrete way? Yes, yes. Okay, so you've mentioned that. Let's, could you just walk us through, you know, a lot of our our math community is more middle school minded and that they're familiar with that content knowledge. So could you just walk us through like the progression of how fractions are covered in grades four and five? And I know it varies from state to state, but just a general overview of what students should have coming to us regarding fractions. Yeah, absolutely. So it really starts, I mean, obviously fraction understanding starts early in elementary. Third grade is where you first start to see like those fraction standards. But then really fourth grade is when we start actually operating with fractions. Mm -hmm. And so it always, really, if you look at the standards, the focus is on building that understanding, which middle school teachers know, like that fractional reasoning is so important all the way through high school. I read some article that said that um, like one of the biggest, I guess, struggles for high school students and their success in algebra is a lack of understanding of fractions. Yes, yes. So it's like we, as these fourth and fifth grade math teachers, are building this foundation and just um, helping students understand what the fractions mean, but then what the operations mean. So specifically with division, because that's one, um, or even multiplication and division both, we have to know, um, I guess, like the two different types of division, mm -hmm. that measurement division and that fair share division, and how that looks different when we start working with fractions than how it looked with whole numbers. And so um, I know a lot of middle school teachers, we had talked about this, you know, they in sixth grade students um, are expected to work with the standard algorithm right. for dividing fractions. Right. But in fifth grade, my recommendation and really according to the standards in most states is not that students work with the algorithm. It's instead they understand what this what fraction division looks like in the real world what this means how do we model it so then we can connect the algorithm to that like foundational understanding yes yes no i think that i think you're right in that you know that transition is really hard and if it, it also kind of falls on that transition of between an elementary campus and a middle school campus so sometimes that communication of what they are leaving fifth grade with and coming to us in sixth grade, you know, there can just be a communication disconnect that can further kind of cause that gap in that change from a concrete understanding to the standard algorithm and just how to apply that and then, you know, really use problem solving skills to apply it as well. So, yeah, yeah. And there's, and we definitely work with algorithms in upper elementary for some um, operations. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like, I think there's a huge jump between fifth and sixth grade. Like that's when all of the, stand, the strands and domains shift. Right. Um, I'm not sure if it's like that in Texas, but I know for Common Core it is. Yes. And I, I think even there are some upper elementary math teachers who aren't used to using manipulatives. Like they think it is for, you know, for first, second, third grade. And so I imagine in middle school, it's even more uncomfortable to think about like, oh, how do I model fraction division in a hands-on way yes. and how do I connect to if that's students only experience how do I make that connection to the algorithm yes no I agree and and a lot of times um, certification programs are that like secondary math and so you may really not have had much experience with those modeling skills and just the um, 
that tactile learning for your students and how to explain that in a you know succinct and hands-on way but also make those connections to the to the algorithm um okay so let's talk about this what are some potential like misconceptions that these students might have um when they when they come to us as as far as fractions are concerned i know one one teacher in our community said you know if they just really understood about finding a common denominator for addition and subtraction i would be thrilled so i know they're coming with a lot of different um a different backgrounds but what would you say are like some real potential misconceptions oh that's a really hard question um I mean, in a perfect world, they would come with no misconceptions. <laughs> right, that's like, true. <laughs> they would get it in elementary. And hearing a, you know, a middle school teacher talk about that, I feel like it's something that happens in every single grade level. Sure. It's like in fifth, we're like, goodness, if they had had this in fourth, it would make my job in fifth so much yes, easier. Yes. And if they had this in fifth, it would make sixth grade so much easier. So like even something as simple as finding common denominators, which the fact that I just said that was simple, it's not. <laughs> um, but students should master that. But if they... I think if they were taught in elementary in a more procedural way, we know that that is not really long lasting. Yes. And so they have a summer break and they forget all of these rules. And so it's like starting all over in sixth grade. So as much as I love my fourth and fifth grade math teachers, this is kind of why I say it is so important for us to make sure that students truly understand it before they go to middle school. So I don't know if that really answered your question. I think any typical misconception that students would have in a concept like it's sure I don't know that it's necessarily like grade level specific or you know fifth grade going into sixth grade yeah no and I think what I hear you saying is like that there's going to be a lot of misconceptions obviously um they'd be great if there weren't but uh, the reality <laughs> is there are and so I think just if if we're approaching those misconceptions by just continuing to like make it procedural then we're not necessarily we shouldn't expect that when they get to seventh grade they will remember those because if they if they were taught that in fourth and fifth grade and sixth grade you know it's not really sticking we should probably approach it a different way um so that makes a lot of yeah. sense yeah and i was gonna say so it's it, i think we do this in every grade level like if a student does it and specifically talking about algorithms mm -hmm. like if a student doesn't get it well we reteach it in that abstract sense like we're we kind of drill and kill the algorithm to make sure that they get it, but that's not really addressing the root of the issue. And this is what's hard about, you know, we have these jam-packed scope and sequences yes. and not a lot of time, but with, when they come to middle school and they're struggling, I know middle school teachers' first instinct, and it's the same in elementary, is to say, okay, well, let's practice this over and over until we get it so that we can move on to grade level content. And it's kind of like we need to step back and meet students where they're at. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I was thinking, you know, just about when you mentioned like the strands changing and all of that, the sixth grade standards are just jam-packed with new, um, mm -hmm. just new content and new concepts for kids. And so um, I think we can kind of feel like, oh, well, you already have been working on this. You should be able to do this. Um, but realistically, you know, fractions are or they can be a challenge we want math mm -hmm. to be attainable for kids and so we you know like you said need to really kind of take a step back and say you know if this isn't working what can we do different to, to help um so we talked a little bit about hands-on um can you just kind of 
share why um, why you use those models and how how a teacher could possibly integrate some fraction models into their classroom if they haven't done so before and maybe they're a little nervous about that. Yeah, so I think your the first part of that question was why we use them. Yeah, yeah. And obviously it is to I mean so students have an actual understanding they can visualize it. Mm -hmm. They um, just at a conceptual level know what this fraction means, what this operation means, mm -hmm. like what does two and a half times one fourth actually mean? And if we don't have any context and they don't have those hands-on experiences, they don't realize that two and a half times one fourth is two groups of one fourth and half of one fourth. Right. And so that's why we bring out those models. Um, but for a teacher who's not used to it, mm -hmm. it can be extremely intimidating. And that's why... I think the best thing any teacher can ever do for their students is to grow their own content knowledge and to grow their own understanding. And so taking time to, and the thing is too, we cannot change everything about the way we teach in one year. Yes. I would say focus on like one core concept which for fourth and fifth grade fractions are huge. So I'm like, if you're going to dive into this new way of teaching and using manipulatives, mm -hmm. I would say choose that one strand and do all the learning you can about that. So before you even start working with students, choose a um, choose a problem and either get into an online community like a Facebook group and ask those teachers how they would model it yes. or work on your own to figure out kind of how you would model it. And that's a great place to start because then you know kind of what to expect from students or you know how to guide them. Mm -hmm. But we definitely cannot get to that place in one year of knowing how to do that with every single math concept we teach yes. when we've never done it before. I really appreciate that because I do think, you know, if you if you come into this and you're like, oh, I need to change my whole way of teaching, you know, that can be really overwhelming. And, you know, one thing I love to talk about is that if something is hard, like our, we are, we are hesitant to do that. But if we can kind of break it down into like, I'm going to work on this one concept that's really important for my grade level or, you know, my students, I've noticed over time that this is a concept that they've struggled with. Like, I'm going to work on that one. And then we build confidence, like you mentioned earlier. And then, you know, we have those tools in our back pocket that we can apply to other concepts. So yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, I think we take that same approach too, when it comes to kind of like our last, the last part that we were just talking about. I think we take that same approach when we are working with students who don't have the understanding that we need them to have in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, mm -hmm. especially after teaching through a pandemic and just school being kind of out of whack, there's no way we can fill every single gap. And so I think you really have to look at those priority standards and say, okay, what is going to be the biggest thing that students truly, truly need to understand to be successful in the next grade level? And that's where we dive really deep. And that doesn't mean that we don't fill in holes in other ways, but it can be super overwhelming when you're like, oh my goodness, I have to like go back and reteach an entire grade level worth of content right. in one year and right. teach my own grade levels worth of content. Yes. No, I think that's really, really sound advice and just helps us to, you know, really focus on what is most important. Where are we going to get our biggest bang for our buck and time and energy and all of that? Um, Absolutely. Okay. So one thing since you know, by sixth grade, and then obviously it goes into seventh grade when we introduce like rational number operations. And so those are kind of the the main fractional, you know, standards re related to fractions for middle school students. What would be, could you just break down real quick div division of fractions? And I know you mentioned um, measurement and fair share, and maybe just give teachers who aren't familiar with that 
um, a little breakdown. Yeah, just of the two different types of division. Yeah, yeah. So most of the time when we think of division as students, as teachers, we immediately go to fair share division. Like you are splitting or sharing something evenly. Mm -hmm. And um, while, and so an example would be, you know, I have $12 and I want to give each of my four kids the same amount. Like how much would each kid get? So that's fair share division. That's really, really comfortable for students. And um, when we're talking about fractions, Mm -hmm. that looks like a fifth grade standard would be, you know, I have one fourth of, I don't know, I have one fourth of a cookie and I want to share it with two friends. Like what fraction of the cookie does each person get? So that's really comfortable for students. They've got that for the most part. But then we get into measurement division. And so with whole numbers, measurement division sounds like I have $12. I want to give each kid $4. How many kids can I give money to? Mm -hmm. Well, when we start looking at um, fraction division, and so in fifth grade, in most states, it is either a whole number divided by a unit fraction or a unit fraction divided by a whole number. And so that looks like I have let's say, um, I don't know, two cups of flour Mm -hmm. and I want to know how many one fourth, um, cup scoops I can make out of those two cups. So we're measuring it out. So it's one fourth and then another fourth and then another fourth. And that most of the time, that is the situation that we fall into when we are working with fraction division. Like when I think about dividing fractions in middle school Mm -hmm. and you would have more experience with this, um, than I would, but for thinking about one one half divided by one fourth, most of the time that is a measurement division problem. Like, I don't even know if I could come up with a, a fair share. Yes. I, as you were thinking, I was thinking of all the questions about recipes or traveling a certain distance or all of those um, the scenarios that we typically use. And you're right. Those are mostly measurement associated or, you know, associated with measurement. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. And so if students don't even understand that type of division, mm-hmm. one, it can be a struggle to even know that that's a division problem when they're reading it yes. in a word problem. Very like, true. <laughs> yes, like problem number one right there, right. right? But then they have no way of even assessing whether their answer is reasonable because they don't understand the action behind it. Yes. So, and that's something that's different for students because in lower elementary, they're taught division makes numbers smaller. But when we're talking about measurement division in this sense, like in this situation, when it's, you know, a half divided by one fourth, well, a half divided by one fourth is two, right? Right. Which is like, wait, what? (laughs) Exactly. So it could just be so confusing, which is why, again, it just goes back to that, like understanding the operation and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And then kind of like how that plays out in these grade level standards. Yes. Yes. Well, I appreciate that. I think that was a really clear breakdown for teachers that maybe have not thought of that or um, have never been exposed to that language. And I loved how you just pointed out, like, here's a whole number example, because students, even if they're struggling with fractions, can relate to that experience. And they're like, okay, I see it as a whole number. I, you know, I'm understanding what's happening now. Let's replace those, you know, those values with a fractional part. And you can kind of still apply the same process where with something that they are already familiar with. So I appreciate that, Brittany. Thank you. Yeah. And I think too, like as from a middle school perspective, like if teachers don't realize that that is a struggle for students, like if they don't realize that they don't have enough experience with both types of division, like I just remember looking at my students and being like, 
why can you not do this problem? And it was because they had no experience with this type of division. Yes, yes. And that totally makes sense. I think that I think that's a really good point just for us to um, to consider and really just very succinctly build a little bit of content knowledge for all of us listening. Mm -hmm. um, okay, yeah, well, I obviously could chat with you all day long about uh, math and just everything um, that pertains to teaching and teaching math and making math um, fun and attainable for kids. Um, but I know there's also listeners out here that would like to connect with you. Um, so could you just share a little bit more about what you do and how um, someone could connect with you afterwards? Yeah, absolutely. I am mixing math on all of the places, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Um, we actually have a membership called Mixing Math 360, and it is specifically for fourth and fifth grade math teachers where we have those quick professional development vid videos to build their content knowledge and then the hands-on resources. We actually have a couple middle school teachers in there who specifically work in, I think, like intervention settings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't typically recommend it to middle school teachers because I want them to get the full value, but I highly recommend either following me on YouTube or Instagram, just if you are interested in hearing the elementary perspective of what's being taught um, in fourth and fifth grade in order to kind of support your own learning so you can support your middle school students. Yes, yes. Um, I, I appreciate that. I've learned so much from Brittany and just, um, she always is a wealth of knowledge and happy to answer all sorts of questions. Um, and so yes. I just appreciate your time today. And um, I definitely recommend all of your um, professional development uh, for anyone learning, looking to learn more about um, these math concepts. So thanks, Brittany. I really appreciate your time yeah, today. Thank you for having me. Sure. Thanks for listening. If you don't want to miss future episodes, please take a minute to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you are tuning in. Our Maneuvering the Middle team is loving the new format, and we are hopeful that these ideas will spur you on as you do the good work in the classroom. Your downloads, rating, and general enthusiasm keeps us going. For all of the links, freebies, and resources mentioned today in one easy place, check out maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 12. I'm Noelle Pickering, and you've been listening to the Good Morning Teacher Podcast. Until next time, friends, make it a great week.